in time. If your Bibles turn with me, please, over to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, chapter number eight. I encourage you to be back tonight, five o'clock, for our evening service. I uh, went into a little bit of a state of panic after I made the opening uh, greeting and welcome, and the choir started the music, and Brother Leader grabbed a microphone. I thought, wow, let me go out of town for a few days, and somehow or another, he muscles himself into a solo position in the choir. I was already planning the speech in the next staff meeting. Fortunately, all he did was read some Bible verses. I was, my heart, I was having heart palpitations. I appreciate Brother Bittner filling in for me on Wednesday night. I went back and listened to that. Always a blessing. Always hate to hear the preachers that fill in for me when I'm away. Uh, I, um, We've got some tremendous preachers in this church. We've got some good preachers in this church. In fact, we've got preachers in this church as good as any preachers you'll hear anywhere. And that's one reason why I don't ever tell you when I'm going out of town, because some of y'all wouldn't come back and hear them. So I just sneak out, and you show up thinking I'm here, and I'm not. And then you have to hear them, or you get to hear them. I would tell you if I was leaving, but... Some of y'all wouldn't come back to church and that would hurt my feelings and then make me mad. I'd have a bad attitude the whole time I was on my vacation. <laughs> church is important. Amen. 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 Church is important. We'll get on that in just a little bit. Deuteronomy 8, are you there? First John, Jude, Revelation, Deuteronomy. Stand with me, please. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. We're going to begin reading in verse number 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. What a statement. I don't even know how that's possible. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, verse 14, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought and where there was no water who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to thee, uh, to do thee good at that latter end. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face. So shall you perish because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. There's a couple of verses in this passage that I want to used for a springboard this morning in the spirit of transparency. This is not what I was going to preach. I had 
worked for several days on a series of messages to start this morning. But about 8.30, it just went cold on my heart. I don't know how to explain that. I wish I could understand it. Uh, but instead of trying to figure it out, I just got busy trying to work on this one. God gave me this thought this morning. And maybe, maybe it's a two-pronged message. Maybe it's a rebuke, but maybe it's also just a warning. Because of the word that we find in verse number 11, beware that, they, that thou forget not the Lord thy God. Goodness gracious. I want to preach for a little bit on this thought, taking God for granted. Yeah. Taking God for granted. Lord, help us this morning as we try our best to be obedient. Lord, I spent hours and hours studying other messages, but Lord, for some reason you want me to preach on this, and so I know it's not going to be deep. Lord, I believe that it will help somebody, or you wouldn't have asked me to preach it. May the word of God go forth today. May our hearts be receptive and tender, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so very much for standing. You can be seated. Can I say this this morning on the outset? I believe one of the greatest sins of the church today is that of taking God for granted. It's very clear from our text here that they depended upon him. The nation of Israel depended upon God for their deliverance. They were in no way capable of delivering themselves from the bondage of Pharaoh. They were in no way capable of delivering themselves out of the slavery, 400 years of slavery and bondage in, in Egypt. They, they needed God to help them facilitate that deliverance. And God sent a man and God through a series of miracles and signs and plagues and all that goes into that, God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, brought them through the Red Sea, brought them into the wilderness, brought them to the Jordan River where they balked and for 40 years they had to pay for it. During that 40 years, God provided for them. As he said in our text, he brought water out of the rock. Could you imagine that? And fed them with manna. The Bible says he brought them through the plagues of the scorpions and the fiery serpents and all the things that he brought them through. Only for them, excuse me, only for them to forget God. And I thought about this morning how many times Christians today in 2022 have just gotten so used to God's goodness and God's blessings that they just begin to take God for granted. There may be somebody here today and that describes your relationship with God. He's a spare tire. There may be somebody here this morning that does not describe you. You're madly in love with Jesus and you're serving him to the best of your ability. And I say praise God for that. We've got some in here this morning that would fall in that category. But can I say this morning, as Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy, beware, beware, lest at any point in any time in your life you forget the Lord your God. He went on to say in verse number 14 that when thine heart be lifted up, they were lifted up because they had good food, they had good houses, they had herds and flocks that were being multiplied, gold and silver multiplied, and all that they had was multiplied, and God was blessing them, and God was being good to them, and God was pouring out his abundance upon them. And what was their response to that? They forgot God. I think that would really describe America in 2022. I would have thought, maybe you would agree with me that I would have thought that a couple years ago when our country went through just a complete absolute turmoil and chaos upside down, 
with all the things that happened with the, the, the COVID and the jobs and, and everything getting shut down, I thought that when it started, I actually was praying and rejoicing, thinking that it was going to be that jolt, that wake-up call that would wake up God's people, that was going to drive people back to God. I thought that was going to be the, the catastrophe, the crisis that we preached many times that God will choose to do in order to bring his people. I looked at it as a chastening. I looked at it as a scourging. I looked at it as judgment. I looked at it as the wrath of God. Come on now. Anytime in the Bible, excuse my cough, but anytime in the Bible, whenever you find a, a, a reference to plagues and pestilences yeah. and droughts and things of that nature, it's always a type and a picture of the judgment of God, the wrath of God. And I really thought in 2020, I thought we were going to experience revival. I thought we were going to experience a reawakening of God's people. But here we are almost two years later, and I had to come to the conclusion that that was barely a blip on the radar for most people. And I'm thinking to myself, what's got to happen? How bad has it got to get? And then I realized I... People didn't have a problem with the stores being shut down and they didn't have a problem with the, with the churches being shut down. They didn't have a problem with schools being shut down. They didn't have a problem with anything being shut down. You know what didn't get shut down? Netflix. YouTube, the internet. Now, if that was to crash, we might would have revival. Come on now. Probably the greatest thing that could happen in this country would be an EMP that just knock out all the technology. after the initial weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, we might have revival. But this morning, what's on my heart really is taking God for granted. <coughs> Excuse me. How is it possible? And how does that manifest itself? How, how does that, how do, what does that look like in the life of a person? I'm gonna give you four simple points this morning. We take God for granted, number one, when we take for granted the message in his word. Now, in our text, he says, in keeping his commandments in verse 11 and his judgments and his statutes, he talked about uh, forgetting uh, to, to obey and listen to what he said in verse number 11. Well, that today would be your mine and your copy of the word of God. Do you realize that there are still over 5,000 language groups in the world today that does not have a copy of the word of God in their language Brother Snipes' Sunday school class yesterday went down to the Bible Museum in D.C. And there's a room in there. And in that room, there's a collection of books uh, that represent all the languages and language groups. And that ain't all of them, by the way, because there are dialects and it just goes on and on. But a host of languages that represent large groups of the population of this planet that do not have a copy of the Word of God. I struggled in 2022 to get my head wrapped around that. The technology that we've got, the money that we've got, the resources that we have, while we still have over 5,000, are y'all getting this this morning? 5,000 language groups that still do not have a copy of the word of God. But that ain't what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on this morning is getting to the place in your Christian life where you take God for granted by taking for granted the fact that you have a copy of his word and you never read it. 
I wouldn't do it for nothing in this world. But if we were to take a survey this morning and ask how many of you just spent five minutes a day reading your Bible, I believe we would be shocked. I believe this morning we would be embarrassed and I believe this morning our hearts would be broken if we had any idea at how many of us, without even recognizing that that's what we're doing, we're taking God for granted by taking for granted the very message that he has preserved for us. When we don't read his word, we're taking his wonderful gift. I mean, the scriptures, what a blessing. I don't know that in my life I have ever loved the Bible more than I love it today. I am absolutely fascinated by this book. I'm fascinated by the, by the way it was put together. I'm fascinated by the message. I'm fascinated by the inspiration. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by the fact that God saw fit to take his mind and his heart and put it on paper. And when you and I read the word of God, we are reading the mind. We're reading the mind of God. And I wonder how many people don't read it. They don't spend time reading it. They allow other things to get in the way. Don't raise your hand this morning. Don't raise your hand. Did you read your Bible this week? Did you spend time this week letting God speak to you and talk to you? Because if you didn't do that, whether you realize it or not, you know what you were doing? Taking God for granted. Right. See, we have a Bible. If you're like me, you got a stack of them. Right. And I love Bibles. Some people collect guns. Some people collect knives. I like Bibles. I got that many. And every time I go somewhere where they're selling them, I end up buying one. Like I need another Bible. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. And I wonder this morning how many of us, it's set on the shelf, collected dust. It's there for a crisis. It's there for emergency. It's there if somebody texts us or emails us or calls us and say, Is, what, what's that verse? Then you go get it and dig it out and dust it off. And use it just for emergencies. But I wonder how many of you this week spent time in your Bible. In Romans chapter 15, verse number four, Paul said, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. God gave us this right here for our learning. He gave us this, come on now, so that we would not be ignorant. so that we would not be ignorant. He gave us this word so we would know what to do, how to live. This is the manual right here for a happy marriage. This is the manual right here for how to raise your children. This is the instruction manual right here for a happy home. I like the sound of that, don't you? A happy home. Boy, so many homes is a war zone. Holes in the sheetrock. Figurines having to be glued back together. With super glue. Some of y'all could buy some really good books on the marriage with all that money you're spending on super glue, putting all them figurines back together you're throwing and breaking in the house. Cussing and the fussing and the carrying on. Did you know this Bible right here will tell you how to have a home that is a paradise? You will break the speed limit going home from work to go home to a house like that. 
And it's all right here. How to walk with God. How to experience God's presence in your life. How to be influential. How to have impact. How to get help with your thought life. Come on now. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Keep your mind clean. Keep your heart clean. Keep your life clean. Somebody said this years ago and never forgot it. This book will keep you from sin. And sin will keep you from this book. Can I tell you what's wrong with America? We've put the Bible on the shelf. Replaced it with the television and the live stream. And all the social media. And not even realizing it, Brother Burner, we have taken God for granted by taking for granted the fact that we have his inspired and infallible and inerrant word right here in our hands. We take God for granted when we take for granted the message in his word when we don't read it. Number two, we take God for granted when we take for granted the mercy at his throne when we don't pray. You know, this is, this is one of the most astounding facts hit me during the song service. I scribbled it on my notes. <clears throat> if you believe, and I do believe, and the Bible's clear that the unbeliever, the unbeliever, the, the lost man cannot pray. The only prayer God hears from a lost man is the prayer of salvation. Okay? Because a lost person is the child of Satan. And we don't have a right, a lost person don't have the right to ask anything of God because he's not their father. Okay? Stay with me now. Hebrews says, We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. For the believer, Christ is our high priest. Is that right? It's talking about Christ, right? And the next verse says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now that's not just for anybody. That access to the throne room of God is only made available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now listen, God is omniscient. God knows everything. And God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He sees. He sees the prayer of the unsaved. And we can prove that from Cornelius in the book of Acts. God saw his prayer. He was giving of alms. He saw it. That he feared God with his house and God saw that. God, in response to that, sent him a man of God to preach the gospel to him where he could get saved. God said like this in Isaiah, his hand is not short that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your sins have separated between you and your God that he will not hear you. And it occurred to me standing right there just a few minutes ago, Brother Berner, that if you and I believe that the Bible teaches that only a born again believer has access to the throne room of God, do you realize how small a minority that is out of all the population of planet earth? Out of whatever, seven point, whatever it is, billion people on the planet today, only those that are born again, saved by the grace of God, even have access to the throne of grace that they can go in there in a time of need and find mercy. And then I thought about this, Brother Bell, out of that small percentage on the planet that even can 
I don't even want to think about the percentage of those that actually do. I'm talking about crawling up on your knees up into the throne room of God. Spending time with God. Did you get too busy to do that this week? If you did, I hate to tell you this, but you were taking God for granted. If the only time you pray is in a crisis. I get prayer requests all the time. I get overwhelmed with prayer requests. I feel like a bulletin board sometimes. Just be honest with you. People walk up to me, stick their prayer request on me, and turn around and walk off. They don't ask me how I'm doing. We don't talk about them or their life. I'm just a bulletin board for prayer request. I get overwhelmed with prayer requests, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if we spend as much time praying as we do sharing prayer requests. I'm afraid we spend a lot of time sharing prayer requests. We go to a lot of time and effort to let everybody know what they need to pray for. I wonder how much time we actually spend praying about it. Now correct me if I'm wrong. But if you've got a prayer life, you don't need 50 people praying with you about something for God to hear it. Come on now, y'all. This is, about as, this is about as deep as it's going to get this morning. You don't need 50 people praying with you about your special prayer request. You can pray. When Peter began to sink, he didn't send that little email chain. I'd like for everybody to pray for me. I'm having issues. I'm having, I'm having problems. I'm having, I'm having faith problems. I'm, I'm drowning in the cares of this world. The storm is about to kill me. No, there was no email. There was no looking over at the boat and asking all the rest of them in the boat to pray with him. He started praying. It was fervent. It was short. It was to the point. Lord, help me. Save me. Amen. God reached out and took him by the hand. All I'm saying is this. When you and I don't pray, we're taking God for granted. Taking God for granted. Isaiah 59, verse number 16, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. What a statement. Matthew chapter number 26, the disciples in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus looked at him and said, would you watch? Would you watch and pray? And I, I really, right now, I need you to pray with me. The Bible says he went a little further and he knelt down and he began to pray. Father, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He was under so much stress and under such a load. The Bible says the very sweat of his brow became as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I don't think we can imagine the amount of stress Jesus was under. He got up, walked back over there to his disciples and found them all curled up on the ground sleeping. He woke them up. Hey, Peter, James, John, wake up. I need you to pray with me. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Would you please pray with me? 
He walked away and prayed again the second time. What did they do? They went to sleep. Can we all agree? They was taking him for granted. I was reading this morning this story that's in the book of Matthew, Mark, and John, the three story about the breaking the alabaster box. And Jesus said it three times. The poor will always be with you, but I will not always be with you. That's what he said. You're going to always have the poor. You're not going to always have me. You're getting all upset because they're, they're spending all this money worshiping me. You don't understand. I'm not going to always be here. They were taking him for granted is what they were doing. Do you realize when we don't pray, we're taking God for granted that he's just going to be there. He's just going to be there when we need him. When our kid's in, in a car wreck, when our mom was in the hospital, when we lose our job, we get that pink slip. We just assume he's going to be there. But until then, come on now. We take for granted the access that we have to the very throne room of God. Thirdly, write this down. We take God for granted when we take for granted the meeting at his house. You know, I love church. I just love church in general. I really love this church. Church got a special place in my heart. But did you know that when you don't take church serious, when you don't take his house serious, here's what Paul said about the house of God. It's the pillar and ground of the truth. Please, please don't be one of those ignorant Christians, those ignorant believers that says, well, I can just meet with God anywhere. Of course you can because he's omnipresent and he lives on the inside of you. And he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But don't try to come up here after the service and convince me that meeting with God in a deer stand or on a bass boat on a Sunday morning is the same as meeting with him at his house. You can tell that to the kindergarten kids. I ain't buying that line. I'm not buying it. Did you realize, here's what Nehemiah 13, 11 says. Then I contended with the rulers and said, why is the house of God forsaken? Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. We were out of town Wednesday. We were out of town last week on vacation. Before we ever left the house, before we ever left Dundalk, we found a church to go to on Wednesday night. On vacation. Now stay with me. Some of y'all go, if you won't squirm, people around you won't think I'm preaching to you. Just, just for just a few minutes, put your poker face on. Listen to me. We, went, we, we found the church online before we ever left Dundalk to go on vacation. I want to make sure that we had a good church to go to. And I don't care if I had to drive 45 miles. I just want to make sure we had a good church. And when we got to that town... My wife says, I couldn't get anybody on the phone and they don't have a, a website. I said, that's fine. And so me and the boys all jumped in the truck and we drove over to the church and found the church, looked at the sign, made sure we, they was having Wednesday night services Wednesday morning, first thing. Because see, I don't believe spirit-filled people take a vacation from church when they go on vacation. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Preacher, you could have just gathered the family around and you could have watched the live stream. I See, I knew you was going to say that. 
And that's one reason why Wednesday night they had a problem in the sound booth and they could not live stream the service. Now, it's a good thing we didn't plan on watching the live stream Wednesday night. And I was getting phone calls. Y'all not having church tonight? Yeah, they're having church. Um, there's no live stream. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were asking me if we were having church. Asking us if we have live stream and asking us if we have church is two different things. Somehow or another, live stream church and having church became the same thing, and it's not. Stand in your motel and watching the live stream when there's a Bible preaching church in driving distance is not right. And you are taking God for granted when you take his house for granted. Don't get mad, just get glad. It's still in the Bible, not forsaking. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, Hebrews says. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. I hate to think about it, but the Apostle Paul was talking about people behind their back. Not forsaking your, the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and we know who they are. Look what Thomas missed when he missed going to church. Boy, Thomas had a good excuse, didn't he? He had a good excuse, didn't he? Jesus is dead. He's in the tomb. I'm not even going to go to church tonight. Rest of them went. Jesus showed up. They went to him the next day and said, Boy, you should have been at church. Jesus showed up. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I know some of y'all don't believe this, but God shows up even when you're not here. <laughs> oh, my word. They said, You missed it. He said, Well, I guess maybe next week I'll go. The next day, first day of the week, he guess where he was? He was in church. Gathered together with the disciples. Jesus appeared in the upper room. Hey, hey, Thomas, how's it going, buddy? I know, Thomas, you think you're seeing something. Here. Put your finger right there. Put your hand in my side. It's me. Thomas fell on the floor. My Lord and my God. I ought to preach a message sometime on a revival a week late. He could have had that the week before. If he'd have been at the, or they were, come on now, y'all. David said in Psalm 63, verse 2, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. You see him in a different way at the house of God than you do anywhere else. Anywhere else. Psalm chapter 77 and verse 13. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Psalm 96 verse number 6. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. You see his strength. You see his beauty. And you see his glory at the house of God. Different than you do anywhere else. And I love to go fishing. We went fishing the other day and we was tearing them up. Where's Brother Charlie? We was tearing them up, wasn't we? Catching them big old largemouth bass. Tearing them up. And that was fun. Zane loves to go fishing. That boy fishing, the, he'd fish in the bathtub if I let him. <laughs> I love to hunt. 
But there's nothing compares to meeting with God's people at God's house and God show up. And do you realize whether you realize it or not that when you don't honor God in faithfulness to his house, you're taking him for granted. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to, I'm going to fly to North Carolina and I'm going to preach four times at Love Valley Baptist Church, a church planters conference, Brother Sasser, Brother Stephen Sykes. Got that church planters conference. And he's done the research. Throw that slide up there, Brother, brother Kevin. Now, if you can't read that, and you probably can't from where you're sitting, the red are the counties in the United States that have zero churches. When I, when I talk about church, we're talking about Bible gospel preaching churches, okay? We're not talking about the Episcopalians or the Mormons or the Catholics. We're talking about gospel preaching, Bible preaching churches. Brother, Brother Sykes and his team have, have done a survey. They have done the research. It took them years to do it. He used to be a, a data analyst in the corporate world before God called him into the ministry. He's just a genius with graphs and numbers. And they have taken every county and every town in America and they've put it into an algorithm. And the red are the counties that have zero churches. The yellow are the counties that need at least 10 churches based on the population. Look at California. See, Sister Hope's here. She had to come to Dundalk for a breath of fresh air. Amen. Now, it's bad when you're standing outside them golden eggs over there going, oh, boy, this short smells better than California. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. The, the lime green are the counties that need one to ten churches based on the population. And that need is based at the bottom right corner based on each church sharing the gospel with 10,000 people per year. That's how they came to that number. And the dark green are the sufficient number of churches per population. This, we're not even talking about the world. We're not talking about the world. Listen to me now. Don't get distracted. We're talking about the United States of America. Brother Sykes told me, he said, preacher, there are, there are cities, there are towns in Texas with over 100,000 people and no Bible preaching church. Are y'all listening to me? Please don't get distracted. Towns with over 100,000 people in them in America with not a single gospel preaching, Bible preaching church. In America. Go to the next slide. I want to zoom this in on Maryland. Look at Maryland. Look at the yellow in Maryland. Look at the lime green in Maryland. Now, if I'm looking at that correctly, there's only one little bitty tiny section of Maryland that's the dark green over there to the right that would even fall into the category of having enough churches for the population. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that there is a shortage of Bible preaching churches in this state. And here's the kicker. We got people that are members of this church that don't come. come on, yeah. Yeah. I'm going down to North Carolina to try to inspire pastors and preachers and men that says God's calling to preach to entertain the thought of going to a place in America where there's no church and starting a church. 
But it occurred to me, we've got places where there are churches and places where God is working and God is moving and souls are being saved even during the Sunday school hour. And the altars are filled and the young people pack the choir loft and sing like you ain't never heard. And God's presence is there and God's moving is there. And we've got members of this church that'll mail their tithe in and sit on the couch in their pajamas instead of getting dressed and getting in the car and coming to the house of God. Now you explain that to me. I'm gonna tell you what the problem is. You're taking God for granted. And when the internet fails and the live stream fails, guess what? You don't have church. Church was that Wednesday night. Pastor said, we stopped live streaming our services. Couldn't get people to come back to church. He said, we just stopped live streaming it. They started coming back. I said, I'm about to do that. I'll watch it. I'll watch it later. No, you won't. No, you won't. I got too much going on. I'm cleaning out the garage. I'm right in the middle of raking the leaves. I'm cutting the grass. I'm washing the car. I'm looking at the clock. It's 6.30 on Wednesday night. I can't go to church. I'll just watch it later. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because when you ever fall into that groove of taking God for granted. Number four, I'm hurrying. This is a warning. It's a warning for those that are not doing it and it is a rebuke for those that are. Fourthly, the ministry of his spirit. We take God for granted when we take for granted the ministry of his spirit. When we do not listen to his voice. Look at verse number 20 of our text. Verse number 20, as the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Guess what the New Testament believer has? The Holy Spirit on the inside. Here's what Jesus said in John 16. Here's what John said, John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and show you things to come. We have the voice of the Holy Spirit of God on the inside. But guess what the Apostle Paul said? Oh my goodness. The voice, Brother O'Donnell, the voice of Brother Sammy is ringing in my ears right now. He'd say, serious business. He'd say this, quench not the spirit. He said, quench. Brother Sam, you say quince. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, quench not the spirit. Let me give you a modern day analogy of that. That's when the Holy Ghost starts talking and you reach over and you turn your ringer off. And you hit decline call. That's what that is. You ever get a phone call? You're in a meeting. It's got that green button and that red button. Accept or... When the Holy Ghost starts talking and you just reach over there and turn him off, that's quenching. You know what that is? That's taking God for granted. I do that sometimes with my GPS. She just won't shut up. She just won't shut up. I just turn her off. End, end, navigation, end. Yes, end. Shut up. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I don't need you. Ten minutes later, I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> See, what happens, I get to talking to people in the vehicle and that GPS talking is getting on my nerves. Yeah. Brother Brandon Lane was here. 
he reached over and turned my, he turned the voice off of my GPS. He said, I said, man, that thing's getting on my nerves. He said, I can turn that off. And he reached over and turned it off. And we're just talking, we're just talking, we're just talking, and it's telling me where to go, but it's not telling me, it's just showing me. And then he got on a plane and went to Honduras, and I don't know how to turn it back on. And I had to text him. I said, how did you, how did you turn that woman? I, how'd you shut her up? I need to turn it back on. I keep missing my road because it's not telling me, turn right in 500 yards. That's what we're doing to the Holy Ghost. Come on now. That's what we do to the Holy Spirit when he starts speaking. And we just go, stop, stop. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Holy Ghost says, you don't need to be listening to that. Oh, I want us to it anyway. Just turn it off. Ephesians 4.30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. You don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You don't quench the Holy Spirit unless you take God for granted. And you're just like, I don't need that. I can, the same thing they were doing in Deuteronomy 8. I don't need God. My herds are multiplied. My gold and silver is multiplied. Everything is going well. Got a good house, got plenty of food. I'm saved, going to heaven, can't lose it. I don't need God. And they forgot him. I hope nobody this morning is taking God for granted. Hope nobody's taking their Bible for granted. Hope nobody's taking the access to the throne room of God that we have as Christians for granted this morning. I hope nobody's taking Calvary Baptist Church for granted. I hope nobody's taking the precious Holy Spirit for granted this morning. If you are, you need to get down here in this altar and do business with God. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I know it was a strong, heavy message this morning. I had another message on my heart. I spent hours working on it. God changed it at the last minute. Somebody this morning needed this. Somebody needed this. I'd say taking God for granted probably is the first to all your problems. If you ever do that, it's all over but the crying. There may be somebody here this morning who does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. If you were to die right now, you don't know for sure you'd go to heaven. You think you would. You hope you would. But you're not 100% sure. Did you know you can know that before you leave this building this morning? We could take a Bible and show you from the Word of God in just a few minutes how you could know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. Would there be somebody here this morning that would be honest enough, care enough about your soul to just quietly, right where you're at, quietly slip your hand up, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Please pray for me. I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in this world. I just want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up where I can see it? Anybody, anywhere? God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand over there. God bless you. We would love to take a Bible and help you this morning. It'd be our greatest honor. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much. Altars open if you need to pray. If you're watching online, there's a number. You can call that number. Text that number. Say, I need to talk to somebody. We'll call you in just a few minutes.